please welcome. Take the front seat. They are the best ones. Ha! Ah. <laughs> uh, first of all, I warmly welcome all of you. This uh, I don't call, or we don't call this lecture. We call this discussion session. And I hope that you all will actively participate this this session. So, first, could you first introduce yourself and tell a bit about your background? Yes, good morning to everyone. My name is Kyrsti Väkeväinen, and, and like it was mentioned, I come from the Metto Corporation, and, and Mario asked me to tell you a little bit about the requirements of engineering, but how we are doing that in practice. So in my presentation, after the Marek's presentation, uh, I will cover shortly the basics, what we are doing, and a little bit about the processes behind that, and why this is important if you now, I don't know, have been studied two, three years, I don't know, but, but when you go to the industry or the public sector, so I want to highlight that, that why this is important and, and why you should know the basics about the requirements engineering. I'm responsible for the process improvement in, in, in my organization in METRO and uh, I've been dealing with the requirements engineering and taking that uh, good practices into use in our organization. And I've been working for METRO for like three years now and, and before that several years in the telecom industry in Nokia. Thanks a lot. A uh, couple of words about my background. I used to work many years ago also in industry. And uh, uh, the company I worked for was Kone. And when I did software development work, I was a member of uh, software development projects, I started to become interested in requirements engineering. Uh, afterwards, we realized in Connect that uh, the practices we, are, we were using there, they were, they were not that systematic. It, depends, it depended how different persons saw and uh, viewed requirements. And uh, that was the starting point, and now I have been working at the uh, uh, university for 10 years, and we have been working with several, more than 20 companies uh, in three different projects. So hopefully, we can share together the experiences we have discovered from those companies, and also have asked Kyrsti uh, to co compare our experiences. And I hope that you ask questions, make your own comments, challenge me, and also Pyrsti. Because there is no just one rule how to perform requirements engineering. So please be active. One of the main goals of this session is that you really learn something. Because one of our dreams, perhaps we can say that, that after this session and after you have graduated here, you really know what requirements engineering means. Hopefully, 
some of you have, uh, will be able to apply these practices in, in some of our other courses. But this session is only hour and a half. So now we start asking you. Now you have three minutes time to discuss with your neighbor. What do you know about requirements engineering at the moment? Now you are looking at me. What, what I'm, so please, shortly discuss with your neighbor, thinking what you already know about requirements engineering. You have three minutes time, and then we discuss it together. It looks like that you have actively discussed <laughs> about this. All right. Who is brave enough to start this discussion? Great. I'm laughing about the <laughs> <laughs> That's a good starting point. That is not that uncommon in industry at the moment, still. There are a lot of people who haven't heard about requirements engineering. So don't worry about it. You have excellent, at least hopefully now you can, uh, during uh, your studies, you can learn more about requirements engineering. What about others? Total science. Great. So, uh, now I repeat. So, ob observing processes.
and considering thinking how to improve them, make them better. Great. Something else. So customers and users' point of view, great. I have to ask you the customers and users' point of view. You also mentioned a couple of other important uh, terms. You mentioned what they great. Getting information about requirements. Any other points of view? Here in the front, I know some of these persons, they have already done some other courses, and now I challenge you. Great. And the scenarios. Those cases and scenarios. Very good. So these are techniques or methods you can use to model and even gather the information from users. And those two earlier answers, I, I really hope that all of you write down these two, three ideas here. Because it's really about understanding customers and users' processes, and also the company's own processes, if we are developing a system for, for ourselves. So we, re we really should understand the current situation, how to improve it with a software-intensive system, product, or service. And this customer's and user's point of view, that is usually the, when we have observed, and when I did uh, product development work in, in a research center, it's so easy to forget customers and users. The engineers, we love technology. We are very good at engineering skills. We like to model technical details. But one of the key themes today is that really try to focus on customers and users. And hopefully, at the moment, these are one of the most common methods used in practice. But when you go to work in companies, it is possible that there is no technique, methods there, or there can be different methods. But one of the key points is 
that you learn the basic ideas of requirement engineering. And then you can change the methods and approach these during the year. All right. Here is summary of, of the different areas of requirement engineering. And this is, there are two slides in my part that I hope that you can remember and learn and remember to know them. And this is the first one. So here we try to emphasize the areas of requirements engineering. If you look at the first one, it's about requirements definition. It means that you really go and observe, interview, try to understand what are the needs and requirements of different stakeholders. You gather a lot of information. You can use also existing documents, your own knowledge, and then you analyze it. Try to pick up, make structure of that information. And after that analysis, you usually, we call them raw requirements. And after that, you really concentrate on thinking of what are the key requirements you really have to document or model. And then you validate them. It means that we have to ensure the quality of those requirements. There are different ways. The most typical way is informal reviews. Then we have change management here. What is the current situation in many companies is that we create sets of requirements we might write a document, we might, we might have, we may have a requirements engineering tool where we uh, in, uh, load those requirements. But what usually happens in practice is that after the project is going on, nobody cares those requirements anymore. They are not updated. They were used at the beginning of the project and then forgotten. And this is something that has bothered me over the years a lot. And hopefully, Kirsty will tell you and make you understand deeper why this requirement change management is important. Have you any idea why the acceptance testing is there? I have used a different color. Have a guess. There is also lectures, sessions related to testing. And this is very uncommon that acceptance tested has been included as a part of requirements engineering. Typically, it's outside. The reason for that, why we have uh, 
it as a part of requirements engineering was that there was one big project in one of our uh, industrial partners. They were doing a very critical product, and they had uh, spent more than a year and a half on that. And there were um, uh, 40 persons working in that uh, project. And they had a new uh, uh, test manager who wanted to start testing that uh, product. Requirements were there. They were not updated anymore. He didn't know how to proceed. And what we realized in that project was that requirements engineering and testing are really closely related to each other. They can support each other. And what happened? Can you imagine what happened that project? Actually, the test manager had to start doing the requirements engineering work again because those requirements were not updated. And Kirsty will tell more about what METSA has done around this area. So if, you, if I now summarize, in many organizations, this area is quite well, in, in, in quite well, uh, good condition, especially uh, these two areas. Area where there, there is a lot of potential is elicitation. And this elicitation needs discovering customer and user needs. So this is area where companies are now those advanced companies that are really wanting to be better than their competitors are now really focusing on. This is an area where many people think, practitioners think, it's, it's in a way boring and bureaucratic process. We don't need it. But in many companies, what happens is that there are a lot of changes in, in requirements. And the most, if I... I dare to say this, even though I promise to curse it, I'm, I'm not provocative today, is that the, um, the most widely used method in requirements change management is shouting. So it looks like that those persons in the organization who are the most aggressive can get their changes through the project. And this, this is a pity, if we think about what we should, as an engineer, also apply here systematic approaches. Have a controlled way to analyze changes and then implement those changes. All right. If we shortly then have a look at these two definitions. I know these are usually boring and some of you already started to join <laughs> here. But um, if you study here at the university, try to also collect this kind of good, hopefully good definition. I remember when I, 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 I had only one course of, uh, related to software engineering. And, and the main thing I tried to learn, and I had difficulties to learn, was what is the... Uh, difference between requirements engineering and specification. And these kind of things might help you to understand what it actually means 
So here are those terms, discovering, documenting, and maintaining. And now you can compare them over here. Discovering, documenting, and maintaining. And engineering means that you, you do these things systematically and using techniques. An assumption here is that you use the same techniques in different projects. So you can learn applying those techniques. And here you can see also important characteristics when we talk about quality of requirements. In the past, requirements engineering really was focusing in theory and in practice. Complete requirements. The key idea was that we really have to document all possible requirements. And I remember one of those projects in, uh, in one company when there's this very uh, enthusiastic project manager who, who really got understanding what requirements are about. They had a small group that spent months on requirements. They didn't do anything else but requirements, defining requirements. Can you imagine what, what happened in that project? Any ideas? If you think about the speed, time to market. Any ideas? If you think about that, they, they spent huge amount of time at the beginning of, at the beginning of the project, just aiming at complete requirements. Actually, what happens happens there? That's great. They changed. That's true. And there was, in a, in a way, I uh, I would say it even strongly that this uh, we had that time the idea that we could create perfect requirements and then start doing the things. So one of the key ideas is that you remember that. Uh, this is now based on our experience. It's not, it's very rare you really need to aiming at complete requirements. It can be a waste of time. You can slow down the project if you spend too much time at the beginning, try to get all the details correct. Instead, you really should focus on what is relevant, what is critical and think about how widely we need to document and model our requirements. So here we try to emphasize that we really should focus on relevant or correct requirements. And here is one term, system requirements. And this is this was very difficult question when we start working in the project. When I, I used to work in industry, it's because the term requirement is very overloaded. Different persons mean different things. 
things when they talk about requirements. So this is a typical view in requirements engineering literature. And I went through the material based on, on Pressman's book, uh, the course book you, you have. They have these functional and non-functional requirements there. So that is, that is very typical categories, two categories. And the functions, as, as, as the term itself says already, it, it means what kind of functions and services the system must, must be capable performing. And this is usually where the companies focus on, these functional requirements. The more challenging area is these non-functional requirements. So if you can remember this when you, uh, after this session, that there are those critical aspects, properties of the system, like performance, safety, reliability, usability. And many companies don't have practices to define those requirements. And what happens in, can happen in, in real projects is that if those are not, uh, if the uh, project team is not pay a special attention on these ones, for example, I have been in projects where the performance was very big problem in the end of the project. We created very complex and difficult features, functions, and when users and customers starting to use the system, they were, they were really dissatisfied with it because it was so slow. So remember here that there are functional requirements and non-functional requirements. I mentioned that there are two models that are important, and this is the, the other one. Now I try to challenge you again. Can any, any of you explain what can a business requirement mean? Why should we define business requirements for, for, for system, for product, for service? We can sell it with a profit. Very good. So those business requirements are very often forgotten in, in, in real world. A, a real project, where we usually focus on are these technical requirements. So those business requirements are where you define why the system or the product or the service with the company is developing, the reasons for, for the system, the main goals, main business goals. Sometimes it can be, for example, that we want to introduce our product in new 
market segment. For example, I was involved one of the companies in, in, in the project that they want to introduce a new product in Asian market. They wanted to increase their market share. And that's why I really have to, there were persons who really try to understand what are the key business requirements in Asian market. Usually those ones are only a couple of them, the main, main business requirements. Uh, yes, we went through one of your projects. Do you remember how many business requirements there were? I have a feeling that there were around 20. Something like that in, in, in that example mode. Uh, like you said, these are very critical requirements in the, in the sense that typically you concentrate when you talk about education and when you, you got, I don't know what you are doing when you graduate, but, but do the coding or, or if you are project manager or like to do something, something else, but anyway. Typically speaking, is technical specifications, and, 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 and we tend to forget these business, business requirements. And but, but there are there is a link between all of those requirements, and I will show that in, in my presentation. But, but it's, it's really important to identify those. And it can happen that you are working in the project and and uh, or be a member of the project that these business requirements are not clear. So try to really understand why the system or new version of the system is to be developed. All right, then, about user requirements. Sometimes there is also a term customer requirements in some companies. Uh, but this means now requirement functions and attributes, properties, that are visibly recognizable. So you look at the system as a black box. This is the rule of thumb or guideline that usually helps us to understand what kind of requirements we are talking about. We are talking about functions that can be observed outside the system. We are not looking at the inside of the system. Then when we define the technical requirements, we can then define different kinds of spaces and different kinds of technical features that are only observable for, for us as an engineer. But these requirements define the outside visible behavior of the system. Visible behavior of the system. Meaning functions and those properties, usability performance. So this is a good guideline you to remember, I hope. And then about customer and user needs. So now we are talking about exactly this. Understanding the current processes, current situation, understanding what the customers and users are really wanting. So this is really important and they, that this is the area where we, as an engineer, are not very good at. Quite often in, in, in companies, engineers have ever seen users or customers in real life. I, I mean, that really observing what they have been used, uh, doing. 
So this is, if you remember something and want to learn something, this is, this is the uh, simple concept, simple model that hopefully helps you to analyze. I, I have to warn you that some companies and many companies don't have exactly these ones. They might have different, but your idea is, the idea is that you can analyze what kind of requirements they are defining. So some companies are really focusing only those technical requirements. And that is something that hopefully in the future will change, that they also define explicitly those business and customer requirements. And here is then a couple of more uh, simple models, just to remind you, uh, this relates to the example I was telling you that sometimes we think that we really have to make all the requirements at the one goal. You can do it iteratively during the project. Try to get the critical ones, define those ones, try to agree them with your colleagues, and then start de developing the first prototype or first draft of the, of the system, or you, uh, if, if you are developing, uh, uh, improving the existing system, then try to implement some of those key features first. So this is something that hopefully you, you also remember that you don't have to do, spend at the beginning of the project huge amount of time just to get, make the complete requirements. You can do it incrementally. And learn by doing. Learn by doing. And then there are a couple of approaches I like to highlight. First, what do you think about agile approach? Uh, let's say, from our viewpoint, that's where we started to develop in, 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 in our case couple of years back, the requirements engineering. So uh, we started from the traditional approach because that was much more easier easier to implement in our environment. But uh, let's say it depends on the business you are working. In, in some cases, that is, is a better one, but in some cases, the, the kind of traditional approach is, is, is suitable. And, and, and uh, my wild guess is that the, let's say 80% of the current companies are are using the traditional approach here. In a way or another. In a way or another, yeah. Well, now I'd like to hear, last week Christian was speaking here about Agile approach. What do you remember from that? What, what is the key idea of Agile? Oh. Change is good. Change is good. Yeah. In order to get what? A better product for the customer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, 
if, if I try to summarize my exper- my experience, in a way I I I partly agree and I also disagree with with change is good because what happen uh, what happens in this traditional approach we think that changes are bad and that that is that is really something that we should avoid as as you said changes will happen there will, will be always changes to requirements we can't make perfect requirements and people people change their minds we learn more about in business, they can see changes, what, and those can create changes. But what I have observed in practice now, when we think about that, changes are good. Now we don't do the requirements engineering work well anymore. You think about that. We can just straight away some designing or even coding straight away. And thinking that if there are changes, we react on that. But it can mean a lot of uh, rework that, that shouldn't be necessary. Because there are things that don't change. For example, sometimes I have noticed that if we don't, if we don't understand the existing processes well, there are certain things that don't, won't change during the project. And we should understand those things. So it's a combination that if we if we can summarize in that way, changes can be good. We should do the requirements engineering well, well, systematic way. Try to understand the current situations, the critical points, issues well, and then react when new changes come. Not just avoid them. Because that's what happened in the past. And I, I can see why Agile broker, pro, approach is, is popular at the moment, is that in that traditional, we documented something, we really want to keep that that is right, and we, di- we try to avoid changes. And that was really bad. All right. But if you remember that we have this traditional and Agile approach, now there are a lot of companies that are combining these two approaches. And here is something that also uh, there are really good principles in Agile project. Here are some of them. Customer in- involvement. In the past, Companies that use this classic or traditional approach to requirements engineering really focused on these ones. A lot of research, I'm a researcher now, a lot of research is still focusing on these technical details, technical requirements. What Axel has improved a lot, that customer involvement, customer perspective is really important. Then, Jesse will tell about mobile requirements and linking testing. And collaboration is one of the important things. What do you mean by that? Uh, about this. Yeah. You will tell how to link requirements and testing in your part. 
So I, I won't cover it about now. What, what? Collaboration. Ah, then I, I jumped so fast that collaboration is also something that uh, I can't remember your presentation exactly, but this is something that I, I also noticed what we have observed in practice. In traditional approach here, what happened is that there was usually one person who was named to be responsible for defining requirements. And she or he spent a lot of time writing and documenting those requirements. And in the end, she or he offered the document to other ones who should read it and get key feedback. And that, that you can imagine, that was really frustrating process. So what, what, what we really like to highlight importance of collaboration and communication. So requirements engineering should be a teamwork. It requires lot, lots of different knowledge and perspectives and you can then first tell whether you use teams or not just one person who is responsible for doing the work. So the, these um, that these are not those these practices. You don't need to uh, remember and understand these ones. We are we don't have enough time to go through them in this session. But there are two other courses. Now this is now I like to advertise a couple courses. So there is one course, software development methods, where we uh, really uh, apply practice use cases. And then we have another course where we cover these other three important practices. But the idea here is that these two things that you, you so nicely highlighted, that these are discovered actively. So it means that even we, we as an engineer go and interview observe customers in their real environment. And those ones, this is something that is really important now, prioritization in agile approach. It is one of the key practices in agile. If companies that are successful in that one are also successful in their product development, system development. And this is the summary of, of the message uh, or, or, or the, of the experience we, we have uh, gained from, from practice. When we interviewed and observed uh, software developers, product managers, project managers, marketing and sales personnel doing this work together, requirements engineering, they say that when they do it together, they really have a common goal. They really understand together what is the purpose of the system, what are the business requirements, what are the user requirements. And these business and user and also the system requirements, they form a foundation for the rest of the project. So if you do this work, 
more or less ad hoc. It, it means that you have to do it again somewhere in other spaces. It is possible, but there is a big risk that you don't really understand why are you building this system, what are the key features, what kind of processes you are supposed to support with the, with the, with the new system. And that's why I like to highlight this, that the pay, now this is, this is the, one of the reasons I have been spending 15, more than 15 years on requirements engineering, and, and I still believe that it, it is one of the core areas of software engineering, that if we spend during the project and before the project on requirements engineering, we can really create successful, profitable, useful products and systems. So my statement for you is that better you do, better you understand requirements engineering, better you can do your software development work. All right. Shall we uh, have now five-minute break? And then first we will start. Is that fine for you? Do you want to continue? I mean, we don't have a lot of time. All right. Let's let's get started. Uh, like it was mentioned that, that I try to cover I try to cover what we what we do in in Meta regarding regarding uh, uh, requirement engineering. So. You know that Meta is a quite big company, 30,000 employees, so I'm not talking about the whole Meta, but I'm, I'm talking about the uh, automation department where I, where I work and, and especially this kind of flow control business unit and, 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 and what we are doing there. But before that, uh, this, this, I draw the company X and, and, and typical departments in the company, so small column, so if you think yourself after five years, so uh, where do you want to where do you want to work? So raise your hands. In I have I have put there some some options in sales, marketing, IT, HR, R and D, so meaning product development, service development, or factory, meaning operations. So have you guys interested in working in the industry sector or or the public sector? And if if we that puts the sales and marketing, so who wants to be there in the future? Five, six, how about IT? Do you know what that means? 
So taking care of the company's IT systems and, and that kind of things, buying, buying things there. One, two. Okay. How about HR? Do you know what that means? Human resources. Couple of hands. Product development, R&D. Uh, okay, something majority so far. Service, service development. That, that when you have a product, so you you want to develop new services. Couple, couple of persons. Well, this is interesting because I I see that the service part is is in the future. Very 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 important part, and 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 from the requirements point of view, this is this is uh, how do you call it? Raivaamatonta aluetta. So, so how to how to apply how to apply requirements engineering there. So that that's interesting area. How about the factory the operations? One. Okay. From the from the business world to this kind of public sector. Anyone interesting to work in the public sector? One. Okay. So I mean public sector that under the ministry of something or on the hospitals or the military or something like that. So I want to remind you that this is something that hopefully helps you during your studies. And you have noticed that a lot of changes have happened in, in, in the society. So what has surprised us is that there are many big companies that used to employ our engineers, but not anymore that many. So think about also in the future that the public sector will be very interesting area and those developing services. If you are looking for, for example, a job or even a summer job, there is a lot of potential. I can I can see I, I was pretty interested in working in in the company in industry in, in research and development. But things have changed. Now it's it's much harder to get a job in, in that area that it used to be. I don't want to uh what what is that? Scare you. I, I want to encourage you to think uh about that there are a lot of interesting jobs in, in a public sector as well. So, just to know you a little bit better that, that because when we talk about the requirements engineering, you need those skills in the sales, in R&D, uh, in IT, service, factories, everywhere, and, and, and even in the public sector. And, and why here? Any ideas? You have done that by yourself, I guess, many times in your life. So if these guys want to buy something, and typically when the public sector is buying something, so they will use your taxpayers' money, and, 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 and you cannot buy the wrong things. Or at least you can buy it once, but that's and probably you don't have any more work in there. But, uh, so it's important that when you are buying something, so you are doing at the same time, you are do, making specifications that 
this and this product I want to buy. And, and, and probably you are buying it from the company X. And, and then you have a discussion and how do you discuss and how do you communicate it, it to the specification of the product. These guys have a business case here and, and they, they have a, they are the customers, they have a need. And then you start to discuss with the, together and, and finally you will sign the contract between the companies and, and, and there you apply as, a, as an attachment, there's a, there's a, a list of the specification and, and, and you have to write the specification according to the certain rules. And then you are applying the requirements and principles there. Okay. But a couple of words how we are doing requirements engineering in practice. So uh, the content of this presentation, why we need this, uh, then, then a couple of words about the testing. I don't know, have you already participating here? Do you have testing courses here? Who has, who has done that? Do you have any special courses about the testing here? No, or is it just part, part of the part of the general courses? Never heard. Okay, then I start to ask more. You guys are writing code, am I right? No, 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 no. or making notes. <laughs> so uh, at some point you are you you will deal with the testing somewhere or other. Some point you will deal with the requirements engineering somewhere or other, or, and, and, and then the design part, actual, actual coding, or, 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 or how do you call it anyway. But, but let's cover that one. And then uh, requirements engineering in, in, in R&D projects, so what does it mean in the daily life? And you were showing that, but what are the common, what are these, these, these agile principles and, and, and I was mentioning that that we are using the traditional approach. But when I was looking at the four points what you showed that that so we are doing all of those as well. So it's combination. It, it's combination. So the change is what we are doing. So in, in some states we don't change but but in the some states we will have a change management system in place. But I will cover that. And and in the later phase when you Join to the company, and, and after a couple of years, you, you start to run your sub-projects, and, and, and finally you are the project manager, and you are running the own, own development project uh, in R&D, or in the service, or in the factory, or, or in the hospital. So, typically in the industry, all the development activities are done in a project. And, and project has a schedule, and it has a budget. And, 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 and those two things are followed. And of course the project has a scope as a third thing. So let's talk about that. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the METSA, but we are operating in the several industries. But uh, my, my uh, business unit, so we have a customers in oil and gas. So that's the new business area for us. And, and then the traditional uh, Traditionally, we have had main customers in the pulp and paper industry. And, and now we think, if we think the requirements engineering from this point of view, somebody was it from this group mentioned that, that the customer needs 
so they are important and, and that's the vital part of the whole thing. So we have to understand that where our customers, where they operate and, 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 and what kind of business they are doing and, and, and how we can offer the services and, and products for, for, those, for, for the customers and, and, and what is important to them. So if we want to win, win out, win out the, uh, codes, so, so that you have to know those things. And what is value adding for them and what is not important for them. And, 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 and then Mario was mentioning these functional requirements and non-functional requirements. Typically when you do the software, so you are dealing with the functional requirements. You want to develop some new nice feature and, 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 and doing something like that. But the very essential part is the non-functional ones. And, and we are, we have to know that what is the environment and what kind of users we have and, and, and develop the easy to use software and, and, uh, know these conditions. And, and then one part of the re requirement engineering is that, that there are always government regulations, legal things in place, and, and we have to fulfill those, those needs as well. So we are not calling those as a customer who is paying the product, but there are lots of groups, different kind of stakeholders, and we have to understand the stakeholders' uh, constraints or needs. And, and this is just one mandatory slide. So what, what, what we are doing in the practice, so what kind of products we are doing in, in our, our business unit. So this is the customer from the oil industry, uh, the Swiss Saudi Arabian, uh, uh, companies and, and, and they have huge amount of money and, and we want to get one part of that money. So <laughs> they are really rich and, 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 and we have a solution for those guys, so they have, they have this kind of small refinery, and, 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 and typically this kind of refinery can contain several thousands of these kind of valves, valves which is here, and then we have an actuator, and, and then we have a positioner which tells that, okay, now to close the valve or be in that position or, or, or be wide open. And, and this positioner then you can have different kind of positioners for different kind of applications. And, and, and this positioner then contains, well, you can see that mechanics is there and, and then you have an electronics inside there and, 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 and firmware and, and, and the software. So typically, I don't know what's your dream, but, but, uh, in, in practice, you have to deal with a different kind of, uh, area status. Not pure software, but, but also, also firmware and electronics and, and so on. But, okay, you can buy these kind of things. And, and what is, what is then the customer? What, what they will get? So they want to keep the process up and running all the time. And, and, and then sometimes after five years, there will be this kind of maintenance break. And when you have these kind of things, several thousands over there. So we have, uh, implemented this kind of predictive engineering or predictive maintenance uh, approach into our products. So the, our products tell that, okay, now it's time to change this one or now it's time to change some certain parts there. And, and this is now where you can reduce the town, town, town time of the, of the process and, and 
if you think that the, if the paper factories, the oil refineries down one day, so that will cost millions to owners. So that's why it's very important to keep the maintenance rate as, as short as possible. And, and there's possibility to do this, do that with our product. And, and customer is paying for us. And what we can then provide to the customer. So, uh, of course, like, like I said, that we have to understand that what they need, and, and we are doing that by, by using requirements engineering. So scoping the product, interviewing them, and, and then we can find out that what are the user needs, what are the customer needs. I, I make a difference between these two, two groups. But, but we can fulfill those needs better when we are using the requirements engineering. When we think from our R&D point of view that, that when we know what to do, so we don't do over-engineering, we don't do over-testing, uh, or we don't under, do under-engineering and under-testing. So we can optimize our, our development time, so we will save costs. And, and, and on the other hand, then, we can sell the product for the customer with the right price over there. Yeah. R&D, research and development, when you are uh, making a new product. Yes, sorry about that. And, and if, if I use them. All right, so if, if I sort of clarify, if six companies you have this R&D uh, project, they also do their own research. And smaller companies usually call them development services. Yeah, it, it depends that, or, it, or you can have a new product development process and, and, and different kind of things. But basically meaning that, that we are, we are developing new product for the customers in a shorter time. So that's, that's one of the key benefits. Yeah, over there. First. Customer and user needs, uh, how different are they from that? So I, I mean that, uh, customer for us is that who is paying the money? Who is, who is actually buying the product? And, and then it, when you have a users, so I can, so if this is a customer, so, and, 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 and we are selling the product for, for those guys, but in addition we could sell that, that, okay, would you also buy the service, service, and maintenance services for us? And, and, and here we could have a, have a guy that, who, who makes the maintenance work. And, and they will maintain these products then. And, and, and these guys are now users of that. Or they could be factory people which are manufacturing the actual product. So those are users and they have, might have some needs. So, 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 yeah. so your question was very good. So usually, this is one way to uh, think about it. Customers are, if we, we use the term, customers are persons who are paying for the product. They usually have their business required. They think about what they want to gain from that product. So they have that higher requirement. And users are the first to actually interact with the product. And sometimes there are even conflicts those requirements. And those are very difficult situations for us as an engineer. Hopefully, in, and in many cases, they are linked to each other. What, 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 what,
Uh, even a Taliban example, for example, I work for, for the process where the uh, 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 company wants want to make uh, automate the existing process a lot. Actually, it meant that they thought that they need less people working there. They wanted to automate some of the activities, meaning that there, there is no people needed anymore. And if you think about the persons who were doing that, they don't. <laughs> that was not, not their requirement of their needs. So that kind of situation can be the most difficult one that we can face. That is an, an extreme example. Yeah. <coughs> so if you think the, the whole life cycle of the product, so you have the development phase, this R&D phase, and, and when, when it's manufactured, so you have a transportation phase, and and, and then somebody's doing the installation work and take that product into use and, and, and then the actual operation, this could be 20 years in, in our case with the five years maintenance breaks and, 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 and then, I don't know, after a couple of hours, but then you could have a reuse of that product and, and finally you have this, uh, you throw the product away so, so dispose of. And, and, and you have different stakeholders here, different kind of users here. And, and then there's a, one customer who is buying buying the whole product. Okay, so that was all about the benefits. So some key things that that faster uh, projects and, and and then lower costs. And and then uh, our approach to, to to what we are doing in 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 a project. So on the left hand side we have we have these yellow boxes over there. So they are telling that what we are doing in the when we are doing the requirements engineering and then on the right hand side you can see the testing part. So uh Mario was talking that that how we link these two things together and, and, and they go they go really in hand in hand when we start the project so there are guys who are planning the requirements part, and there are guys who are planning uh, the testing part, and, and, and these two people, they are, uh, how do you call it, so in a sense that, that they, they, they have to work together, because, because this, this testing and, and the requirements engineering are heavily linked together, and everything starts, so what is the third part, what is missing here? So. Everything essential is, is there now, but, but one is one is missing. Uh, not so good one. <laughs> so if the requirements are saying that that what you what you need, it's gonna pull the triangle. Let's put the requirements there, and and then we have a testing here. So what is missing? Uh, yeah, it's part of here. Oh, sorry. I... Management. Yeah, yeah. So it's the management is is here. <laughs> implementation. Yeah. Correct. So implementation or actual design work and or development work. So. This tells what is needed, and, and then 
if if you are in charge of the requirements, so so your responsibility is to take care of the requirements and and then with the customer of the requirements, the design department. So when the requirements when they are ready, so you go go to the design guys and 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 say say to them that please please implement this. And one these what these guys have been doing the implementation work, so they have a code code ready or electronics ready or mechanics ready. So they then give the outcome to the testing department, and they will ask us, hey, please test this. And, and, and these two things are now related together because, of course, you have to test things what you what you require. So, so here all starts with the with, from the customer needs that that we have to know what the customer what they need and 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 then the marketing department we are when the project is starting so marketing department is heavily involved there. And then if you are a product manager owning one product to be developed, so that's the responsibility of the product manager to define and, and find out the customer needs and also find out the, what are our business needs, that how much money we want to take. Or if we want to go to Brazil or if we want to go to Australia or if we want to go to the China. So those kind of things are then defined here as, as our company needs. And then once these are known, so then it's much more easier to go go down and, and, and define the product that, okay, we want this and this feature because the Chinese guys, they like that one. And, and, and we want this and this feature because it's important in, in Brazil. And, and we want this and this feature because for, for some other reason. And, and then, then we have a system requirements ready. And, and we will open those features that this, this must be developed. And, and, and then also we have the third part, the subsystem requirements. So what is this? So we want to make difference between the system and the, and the subsystem requirements. System level, uh, this is our system. This, this kind of one independent product, so it can operate by itself. And the subsystem means that, that there's a separate Sheet for the mechanics requirements, separate for set for the software requirements, and, 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 and separate part for the for the electronics requirements. And this is now very important part because we don't do everything by ourselves. So we use subcontractors. So when when then we can say for the subcontractor then hey please do this for us. And and testing is now related that, that when we want to this and this kind of software to be ready, so we have to know the test cases. And test cases are based on the requirements. So we are using requirements-based testing. So one one approach is that, that you do this kind of exploratory, exploratory testing that that but, but we are we are heavily using the requirements-based testing. And and once you know that okay now the mechanics tested, software is tested, electronics tested, then you go to the test phase and put all of these pieces together, and then you have a couple of system is ready. And then you do the system testing and, 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 and ensure that, that it, it will operate to the other systems. And, and once you have that one ready, so then you can, in our case, we go to the customer, so we have some kind of certain selective key 
key customers that that we can go go there and 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 and, and pilot and and run run our new product in the actual environment. And and we will get the best results from from the from there. And 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 finally, when we start to sell the product, so we will in, increase our market share and, and the shareholders they are happy and 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 of course the customers happy because they will pay something for it. It looks really simple. It's simple. And 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 how how this is done in practice? So it's like here. So I I took a couple of screenshots that that this is now you can see that from here that that I did open this but but here we have a business requirement. So what we as a metro what we have to uh, what we want to achieve and 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 this is requirement list of the requirements for the customers that that what our customers want. So we know that that this and this oil company wants these and these things and and that oil company wants these and these kind of things and then huge finished paper paper factories they want these and these kind of things. So they are all listed there. And and then we have a features listed of what we want from that product and, and then this is the system requirement open a little bit. You can find out that, that here is the non functional requirement, something related to manufacturing, uh something functional requirements and, and policy and regulatory related requirements and that kind of thing. And and then here you can see the mechanics, hardware, firmware and the software requirements. So those were the those were the subsystem subsystem requirements. So they are all there, they are reviewed and, and this is managed through the project. So gonna, gonna make a comment. Yeah. So this is an example uh, about very complicated and systematic requirements I think that uh, comprehensive and you won't see this uh, this kind of system uh, and division or level of requirements uh, in all companies. So this is something that you can should remember that there are different kinds of companies that are dealing in different set of requirements. But this is just an, an example that there are companies that are really defining different levels in order to make a really good control on requirements. Mm. So this this was what we took to use and, and if you now look at the testing part that which is more typical that, that there are lots of companies who are doing the testing or every every company which is making some kind of development work. So so they are doing the testing but when you go there and ask that, hey, show me the requirements so then they then they give you a bunch of paper and, and, and that kind of things. But but you can easily uh increase the quality of the requirements if you use this kind of uh professional tool for that and, and apply certain certain other things. But in testing, so these there's an arrow and these things are testing and requirements they are linked together. So it, they are linked together in practice as well. So these two tools they they are discussing which is which which is each other and, and, and if if I want to see that okay there are system system level requirements, so, the, so what is the testing status for those? I can easily see that, okay, now in this and this, the test has been planned, so they are not run yet, and, and, and some of the tests, they are already done, and they have failed, and, and some tests, they have been passed. Could you explain the power code? 
register that the testing has been failed, so we don't fulfill the requirements over here. So we have to do more design work and correct the errors. So there's a bug. And, and, and then yellow means that, that we, we have already planned the testing, but we didn't execute that yet. So we don't know the result, result yet. And then, then the green tells that, that we have a requirement ready. It has been implemented and, and, and test shows that everything is okay and working fine. And, and this is important tools. These are important tools for the project manager. So they will follow the project situation. Yeah. Come, come again. Yeah, yeah, you have to buy it. So these are commercial tools. Yeah. So we didn't develop that by ourselves. So it, it so it, it, it's not our core business. Some organizations are doing tools by themselves. And, and then some examples. So I took from from requirements as an as an example, but that for the business requirements, I I took this kind of very simple one. So I don't tell you that how much money we are going to make or where we where we want to grow or something like that. So, but anyway, that the product shall comply uh, certain regulatory regulatory requirements in US, EU, and and and. And then you, you then, so they have some, some kind of export regulations. So this is, our first half, it's sensitive that, that if you think the, for example, the design, so, so that, couple of things that, that, sort of cannot be sold in, in, in certain countries. And, and then example about the customer requirements, so, so, Related to the noise and, and the noise level of customer wants that certain, certain noise level and, and then user requirements that, that one, one user group wants that, that the customer settings have to be there. So I, I, I don't know that these are just examples because probably they don't tell you anything new in that sense, but, but just an example and then the system level requirements that the product has shown duration of the PSD. And, and then when you have a designer, you, are, you start to read these things that, okay, this kind of thing must be implemented into the product. And then you start to find out the solutions. And, and then the test case is, if this is wanted, so there must be the test case that this is testing that, that is there, is there duration stored in the device memory. And then you run the test, you operate it with the product, and, and, and then you find out that, okay, that's the requirement in full or not. Okay, imagine that. When, when you have a, your own project or, or send the sub-project to be run, and, and you have a project manager, so what happens there? So, <coughs> Typically, organizations like I said, that, uh, it was in my slide as well, that, that when, when you have the traditional approach, so you have kind of case case uh, approach that at first you do the business case calculations, and then you have a milestone, and then you have a planning phase, and then you have a next milestone, and then you have a 
specification phase and then you have a milestone and then you have an implementation phase. So we are doing that, this kind of thing and the requirement engineering, like you remember for one slide that there were two parts, so definition part and then the management. And, and then we discussed about the change uh, management. You've got that, that, so the change management will take place here. And this is one of the crucial things that, that, that here we develop things so we can take those quite fast, easily, the requirements, I mean, and, and then at one point they are free, so this is now what we have to develop, and, and then, then there's the change management. That, that you can propose a change, but, but then you have to say that why you want to. Why do you want this change? So typically we have these kind of things. And then when you are doing, I was talking about the subsystem level requirements, so we don't do everything by ourselves, so we are using subcontractors. So if we are here, so we can do some services by ourselves, but we can use these design suppliers that could be from Finland or from Germany or from India or from China. So we deliver the specification or the requirements for, for the piece right there. And at the same the testing. So, I mean, actually, they can see, we have provided the connections to these teams that they can see that, okay, this is what we want, and they can see the software level requirements. And, and if they do the testing, so they have an access to this tool and, and, and they will write the start the test results. So we know online that, that how, how the development will be. Ongoing in different countries. And, and, and now imagine that, that when, you, when you have, if you don't have well written requirements, so how these guys, how they can understand what you want. So that's why we have to have high quality requirements in place. And I don't know. I, I just took this example, the uh, process description that, that we have four core, core processes duties that which are related to the testing and, and then the requirements development and so on. That's the basis. Those, those are the rules, that's the foundation for the good process management. That you have to have this kind of thing in place. And if you go to the company to work and, 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 and you can ask that they have a process description. You can get those, so then you know that you are there. If you don't have, then you can think that, okay, it's just going to work that. Should, should we have those? And, and, and if we go further, so planning phase, I think, uh, saying that, that in, certain, in certain steps we are doing work, and, and, and in the planning phase, so we plan the whole process, so we do the requirements management plan, test plan, and, 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 and then appoint some certain key persons to do the work. And if we take a look for the requirements management slide, it looks like this. So the whole thing is they are they are uh, provided there that uh, who is responsible for what and, and, and this kind of thing. And uh, if, if somebody focuses it to the place, so there's also the backup. And then the the quality of the requirements that, that uh, when we are doing this network R&D, so we have suppliers in, in different countries, so I was saying that, that 
you can when you write the requirement, only the technology opportunity that you're making it change. And there are different types of mistakes in requirements. You can forget something or, or, or you face your requirement in for a fact that, that it requires 50, but it should be 60 or 40. Or, or, or there are inconsistencies, so product should be green and, 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 and in the text it should be red. Or this kind of thing. Or, or, or in misplaced. And, and then you can apply certain, certain methods that, that how to increase the quality of the requirement. And when you increase the quality of the requirement, then you increase the success uh, of the project itself. So there's a clear correlation with if you have a poor quality requirement, your project project will fail. So in the sense that it will be delayed or something like that. Uh, talk a when we have this class together, uh, you you are having also you are following up the quality of the requirement on in your in your project. Yeah. So the so the reviews are there. So so. And, 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 and could, let's say, rule of thumb is that, that if I show this kind of requirement for you, and, and, and this is clear for everyone, so there's no discussion, but if there's a discussion which uh, takes place more than uh, 30 seconds, so we will then uh, send this requirement back to the writer and, and, and they have to do the work again. Because it's not clear for everyone. So these are quite clear requirements. And, and, and then, so we have some certain certain techniques how to increase the quality of the requirement. And then the changes, because the changes will always take place. So the customer, they can change their mind, or, or, or we can make a mistake, or, 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 or we can change our business target that, that if our strategy changes, so then we want to go instead of this, uh, South America, so we want to go to that. API area, and, and then we have to change the requirements, and, and, and we are following the changes, and, and we are doing this in a very systematic way, but it's a fast way, and, 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 and this is one of the key things that, that when we want to do the successful uh, process. Could you show me inside how you do to maintain that? So everyone in the project can propose the change that, that I want to change this and this requirement. So now we talk about the PR in the development phase. Not anymore in the definition phase. So we have the uh, requirement management phase. So then the proposed change and, and, and then there's a uh, uh, change control board that, that which will evaluate the change. And, and then they can decide that, okay, is this change approved or rejected. So small group, and, and it's a dynamic group that, that if there's some, some editorial elements or then the requirements management, that she can do that by, by, by herself, or, or then, then uh, if there's a big change that, that we want to add a new feature or take one feature away, or then there's a bigger group in there. And, and, and the change management, you can see that the change control process. So, so all the changes will have to be proposed, they are there.
this was also the last, so I, I will come to back to the style of that, that. So what I have now seen that, that, uh, after when you graduate, let's say, even two years or four years or something like that, so, so, it doesn't matter if you want to the private sector or if you go to the public sector. You will probably, in the high probability, you will, uh, uh, you, you are dealing with the requirements engineering somewhere or other. So, my hope is that, 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 the course, what, what was the requirements engineering course and, 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 and take the full benefit from that because, because you, uh, like I said here, that, that requirement engineering requires management. They are needed in the industry and, 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 and this is, let's say, if you want to do the software engineering, so do the software engineering, there's a, there's a good opportunity also to do the requirement engineering, but if you want to wider in the later phase that, 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 if you are the project manager, so you have to know the basics that, that, why, why this is important and, and how to take the full benefit, full benefit and how to run the project successfully. So then you need the understanding of how the requirement engineering. And uh, if you go to the public sector, like I said, that, that if you want to buy something, so you have to give all the specifications, you have to collect the user needs and that kind of thing, and that's why they need to specify what you want to buy. So, make, make, uh, uh, like this is Any questions? Uh, mainly text. If, if you if you talk about if you, I, I pull out that, that if you what, what do you mean? Use cases or or. or so there are four models some companies are using. So if I understood your question, is it uh, a natural language text or models they are using? <coughs> yeah. So so mainly text, text tables. Uh, in some cases that, that we have used, uh, when we design the user interface, so we, we use pictures that, that this is how it should look like and, and that kind of thing. It, it depends, but, uh, let's, let's use cases what we have now used in, in, in that process. Could you write any modeling language? Uh, uh I'm not sure the correct person to answer that. Probably yes. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not physicist, I'm not saying it's okay. <laughs> so uh um, comment uh, on on that. So in many companies now, especially top companies who are using actual authorities, they are using using user stories, can audience, uh natural language and defining features. Uh in the past, uh model methods were much more valuable. But now, uh, but those formal languages are very rarely used as far as I know. All those companies I have been working with, they haven't used any formal languages for, for modeling requirements. But now I, I got the feeling that now there's a talking those modeling techniques are moving in a way back. So there will be combination of natural language and models. 